This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. The High Regard Show. It's... You're such a bitch. I can't even take it. Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. They didn't know that they were missing. Well, that just made them aware. <laughs> this is take two. This is take two because you didn't really want to prep for the show today. Oh my god. Do we really? Like, I don't call you out when you, like, decide you don't want to do a segment. It's not that I didn't want to do a segment. It's that last week I was too sick to do a segment. I was so sick, Nikki. I was so sick. I am so sick of this fucking cold of yours. Well, what can I tell you? I can't, I cannot, like, say, God, don't frown on me anymore. Like, obviously, my prayers go unanswered all the time. You think all of a sudden I can just, like, reach up and say, oh, please, God, don't make me have a cold no more. And he'd be like, okay, let me just snap my God fingers and everything's (laughs) just going to go back to normal for you. Remove his summer cold because he is being a bitch and he has been for a week now. Well... I would like to say it is not completely gone yet. And yet I still found a way to do my segments on time. Oh, my God. And you got a free pass last week. And you wouldn't even let me have a free pass for your herd this week. Because I wasn't suffering from a summer cold, but another ailment that I've been battling for months. But it's okay because Tom has a summer cold, guys. And a summer cold is the worst thing that any man could go through. Have you never seen Metalocalypse? It's says it right in one of their shows. It that does. It definitely it sure 100% does. And is. And anybody who has a bitch boy at home knows <laughs> that a sick man is the biggest pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. That's what the biggest pain in the ass is. <laughs> you just keep on thinking that. <laughs> that's good for everyone. So we have quite the show for you this week. We do. I'm very excited about it. You've been talking about this show. Like... For we me. had this, yeah. We had a cluster of interviews. Yes. I feel like all at once, like they they come in in like packs and spurts. Yeah, and so like you did like this cluster of interviews, and then this particular one, you were like, I can't wait for this show. I love that you did it in like the little Tyler Durden face or the voice, kind of like you kind of like. I love this interview. Like, <laughs> well, you do. You talked about it. I did. It I was really excited about it because I think it's like I. I really enjoyed like talking to these guys, but we'll get into that. All right. All right. We After didn't the, give you away like who it is. Me. Who it is. I, we didn't talk about any of like we didn't give anything away. Don't worry. Like your precious interview. I know, but I'm just saying. Let's get into the <laughs> precious you heard. You know what? Why don't we get into you heard this week? Let's do. it. Do you have one? I do, Tom. Oh, then let's play that music. You heard? 
kind of goes with this week's topic. I bet you don't. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you it's a stretch. (laughs) This was heard right from our very own window because sometimes we hear the darndest thing. Our neighbors say the darndest things. And we're just sitting here one day and as clear as a bell in a megaphone, we heard someone go, I said, oh, no, you didn't. And we both just like we just about died because we actually it was like in the spring like before the like before we had to lock up the house for the summer and like so the windows were wide open and we just hear this I said oh no you didn't (laughs) 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 and that's this week's you heard. I like that Asian accent you used for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do live in Asian Harlem. So. We do live in Asian Harlem. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't use another um, quote that you heard when somebody clearly yelled out the window not too long ago and made fun of you while you were in the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. Like, once you and Tyler Durden were talking about something, I think, and I was like, and I just said, oh my God, because you guys were just like play bickering back and forth, and it was getting very annoying to me. And I was just like, oh my God. And keep in mind, this is from the bathroom. Like, while you're in the bathroom. Like, like you have nothing better to do while you're in the bathroom than to like eavesdrop on our conversation. I don't have to eavesdrop anything because you two talk Mm. like you have megaphones for mouths. Okay. And that's the second time I said megaphone, so maybe I'm having a word of the day situation oh could it be it's been a while look at this another segment being dug up from uh the depths of peril (laughs) (laughs) so you're like oh my god i was just like oh my god and somebody just yelled oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and then and i was like how dare you It got you out of the bathroom so, so fast. fast. You like kick the door open and you come in the living room. You're like, yo, so, yo, somebody just somebody just made fun of me out the window. And I was like, can you blame them? We literally do the same thing. Not only do we do the same thing, you turned it into a segment. <laughs> Actually, long before it was a segment, it was just a thing I did in a book. In a book. Yeah, but now there's an audio there's an audible record of this for the past forty five <laughs> weeks of you just like, oh, and then he said <laughs> I'm a creeper. I'm an over I'm an OH creeper. Apparently so. Whatever. At least it's a segment. Whatever. I like a segment. And I've not missed one, thank you very much. So look suck it. Well, I told you. I was very, very sick last week. Oh, my God. I'm not going to listen. I'm still sick this week. Oh, God. You're going to be sick with my fist in your face. Whatever. I feel like all the pain I've been through lately, that would be nothing in comparison. Well, there you go, (laughs) because God forbid. Oh, he won't. Don't worry. He'll totally allow. Shut up about it already. Jesus. Why don't you introduce this week's interview? Because, I mean, like I said, you've been talking about this interview now. For weeks. Yes. So this week, we interviewed Andrew Seckler and Tim Kinsey, the filmmakers behind Man vs. Snake, the long and twisted tale of Nibbler. Now, when I first got the press release on this, I was like, "Uh uh-uh. 
I like you read the word snake because I saw a snake and I was like man versus snake and I'm like nope and I'm like nibbler is nibbler like this like pet snake that got away like that snake in the dragnet movie and like just became this like 50 foot long snake that like this guy had to battle that and then I was like okay and then by accident I opened it and I was like oh it's about the video game nibbler <laughs> and I was like thank god <laughs> Is that how we missed the premiere? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We, we unfortunately couldn't go because of my schedule, but as always. <laughs> but um, I was too afraid to open the invite. <laughs> I had no idea. If you guys would have just put game, like, in, like the Nibbler, title, I could have just been like, oh, okay. If you're afraid of snakes, don't be afraid of this. <laughs> Anywho, um, Man vs. Snake tells the tale of Tim McVeigh, and it's MC... V-E-Y, not... <laughs> Whatever it is. Not like the Unabomber. Not the Unabomber. Oh, God. Um, not Lord. like the guy... Um, not like Timothy McVeigh, um, the Oklahoma City bomber. Yes. Um, so this is about Tim McVeigh's quest um, in 1984 to... Um, he was the first person to score over 1 billion points on an arcade video game. And he did it, crazily enough, on one quarter... <laughs> and more than 44 hours of nonstop play. Like, to us, that means something. But to, like, the little assholes out there doing, you know, Pokemon and, like, the video games of the last couple, like, you know, the last decade or so, like, they can't really c- compare, like, think about how imp- how big this how big a deal this was. Wait a minute. Was, is there even quarter video games left anymore? I feel like, like... I think there's like a couple... Like, I know that there's like a bar here that's, I think, a chain that has a barcade. couple... Barcade. Like, yeah, Barcade, where like... And you know, like Dave and Buster's and stuff like that. But like, I don't know if that even is like you go and like you put the quarters in the machine anymore. Like, I think you buy like a card Tokens or something. Or like, cards. I've never been to Dave and Buster's. But like, I think the days of like spending days in an arcade are like quite long gone. And that's something that like our generations, you know, were able to do. Like we were able to go to arcades and stuff. Yeah. And I think that like before I stopped playing video games, which obviously was long after you stopped playing video games, they weren't a like I feel like the cheapest game was 50 cents. Now I think if you go to like Dave and Buster's, most games are like a dollar. Yeah, I don't know anything about that, to be honest. I know. you got to get invited out more. <laughs> but seriously, a quarter... I would love to go to Buster's. <laughs> well, like I said, you got to make friends. Yeah. See? <laughs> <laughs> I have everything I need in you, don't I? <laughs> I ain't taking it to Dave and Buster's. <laughs> like, you need other friends to go to Dave and Buster's with. <laughs> you need friends that you can go do things with. I've been there, man. I traveled that road. I don't need to go back to a Dave and Buster's anymore. <laughs> anyway, so... um. You know, so Andrew and Tim uh, made this movie, Man vs. Snake, because 25 years after Tim McVeigh, you know, did this, you know, amazing, amazing feat. feat. I was going to say feat. I was trying to come up with like a good like adjective to go before feat. Um, rumors started circling that this Italian of all things, oh. um, <laughs> those bastards, um, you know, <laughs> Um, I like how you like how to take a minute like oh my mom doesn't listen to this <laughs> um, so this this Italian like there were rumors that this Italian you know beat Tim's record like 25 years later so this is about Tim's quest to you know decide whether he wants to set a new world record or risk losing his legacy Ooh, the tension can you feel the tension um all right, so what do you say we roll that fabulous bean footage? Let's do it. All right. 
Well, thanks so much for speaking to the High Regard Show. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I'd love to start off by kind of you giving, you know, the, the tale of how, um, you know, Man versus Snake uh, kind of came about. Well, you know, a number of years ago, we were uh, working on Battlestar Galactica. We're television editors uh, mm-hmm. by trade, um, and uh, we're, we're working on that show. And um, like a lot of TV shows, uh, post-production involves a lot of long hours, mm-hmm. often working well into the wee hours of the morning on deadlines and things like that. So we were looking for a way just to kind of have a little fun in the office and blow off some steam when we were working those long hours. And I had built a main cabinet. A main cabinet is a basically an arcade game that can emulate um, classic arcade games. And uh, this particular game, this particular cabinet had about 3,000 different games in it. So oh, my gosh. We brought it in, and people kind of really took to it. And everyone kind of has their own favorite game. Well, uh, I had Arkanoid, you know, and that was a game that um, a number of editors and assistant editors really uh, started to compete on, including you, Tim, right? I mean, I remember the Arkanoid battles. Um, but anyway, uh, one day after lunch, we're scrolling through the list of games, we're like, oh, yeah, here's Nibbler, you know, and I, I think I had recalled seeing Nibbler um, in an arcade at some point, because it looks familiar to me. I said, let's let's try this one. Let's play this. So we started playing Nibbler um, and competing on it. And you know, Tim and I are both very competitive. You know, we both had older brothers. You know, <laughs> I think propelled us forward in some ways, um, competing on you know games when we were kids. So anyway, we had this friendly friendly rivalry going uh, on that game. And then Tim uh, did something rather curious. Well, yeah, uh, like Andy was saying, we, we, you know, we came of age during the, you know, the classic video game era in the, in the 80s. So we were very fond of these games and a very, very simple kind of, uh, comp- you know, competitive, I like right. to say. And uh, so, you know, the Internet was – these games kind of coming online or, and being available to sort of these nostalgic gamers, uh, there was quite a bit of – you know, I was wondering what was uh, available online. Information-wise, like you know, it's it's a basic, uh, it's a Pac-Man sort of a snake in a maze kind of right pattern game, and I wanted to see what the high score was, if there are any patterns available, and I saw this, came across this Tim McVeigh Day poster of this event that happened in early 1984 uh, <laughs> for history's one billion point game, and the name Tim McVeigh and the fact that you know we were struggling around 60,000 points, and we saw this kind of rather absurd poster. And so I printed out a picture of the poster and put it on Andy's door just to kind of mess with him because it looked, <laughs> it looked very much like a joke. Yeah, and I, I came home, I uh, came home, came back from lunch, and uh, I found this poster on my door, and, you know, there were some teenagers staring out at you with this looking very kind of cocksure. And a billion points, you know, just the whole thing just seemed, completely implausible and ridiculous, but I looked it up myself, and when I did, I found um, an old video game magazine uh, from the 80s that published an account of that billion point record second test. Actually, the quest for the billion, you know, the competition uh, between Tim and Tom Saki um, that led to the billion point score, and I just thought, this is a, kind of an incredible story, you know, it's a, right. in a, in a small town who did this amazing thing against all 
with one quarter. <laughs> yeah, with one quarter staying up for two days, you know, all the details, like his friends there feeding his pizza and you know, Mountain Dew and trying to hang on to this thing. I, I just thought, wow, you know, this guy's about my age, and um, he had a, you know, you know, where was I when he was doing this? And I just, I don't know, I just wanted to find out more. It just piqued my curiosity. And right. I it was one of the best video game stories I'd ever heard from that era. I'd never heard of anybody marathoning a video game. I wasn't, I like to play games, but, you know, like most people, I could play for five or ten minutes, maybe at best, right? So the whole concept of marathoning a game uh, was completely new to me. And, um, and so I said, you know, let's try to find out, let's just find out find out what happened to him and find out more about this story uh, just for curiosity's sake. It wasn't like, let's make a documentary film. It wasn't any of that stuff. Right. Um, and so I just started calling all the Timic Bays in Iowa, and, and <laughs> frankly, there's a lot of Timic Bays. There's more Timic Bays than you might imagine in Iowa. There's like a long list of Timic. So, um, and most of them were really incredulous when I called and started asking about Nibbler and, like, uh, you know, they just – you know, we'd like to slam the phone down on me, but eventually... Are you that Tim McVeigh? Are, yeah, are, are you the famous Tim McVeigh slam? Uh, no, no, not, you know, and then I learned it's like, a better approach. So then, you know, you say, are you the, are you the Tim McVeigh of Nibbler fame? And that didn't really, you know, nobody had ever heard of me. You know, if I said, if you're the Tim McVeigh of Pac-Man fame, maybe they would have... Right, um, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but we found him, we found him. And How long did it, it take was, you to find him? Oh, I, I would say about a week. I think oh, eventually, honestly, I, I think what happened was after kind of dealing with that frustration, we had by that point also had stumbled upon the Twin Galaxies website scoreboard, okay. and so which Walter Day was still operating, and so perhaps it was through that website, you know, an email to Twin Galaxies that that led us to the actual. And, you know, so once you decided, you know, wow, like, like how, at what point did you realize that, you know, this is a documentary? Like, this is something like, it's too big, we've got to, like, make something of this. Well, I always say we're accidental documentarians. Because honestly, what we did was, the first thing we thought was, well, maybe this would be a good feature film. You know, we could write a screenplay, we could make this into a movie, uh, mm-hmm. portray it. Because um, we work in narrative, we don't really do documentary. Sure, yeah. And I, I have worked on a couple of documentaries. I've worked on the Atari Game Over documentary. And Kim has had another, had another documentary. But um, so the initial idea was to do it as a narrative project. And in order to do that, we thought, well, it'd be good to do an interview with everybody that we can just to get the details of the story and find out more and maybe put together a little piece about the billion point account. So we did that. We flew out to Iowa and we interviewed Tim and Walter and Tim's friend Mark Poss and just looked at the town and, and just gathered some information with the idea that we would return to L.A. and, and cut something together. And then maybe if it was, you know, we thought we had enough of a story there that we would pursue another kind of project. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. And Tim, um, you know, landed up flying out. There's a, there's a little part in the film where Tim is getting a, Tim McVeigh is getting a certificate from Walter and Tim you might have gone out shooting that, right? Yeah, the Midwest the Video Game Classic Summit. And, you know, there were a handful of gamers uh, just kind of there in support of one another and their nostalgic hobby. <laughs> and so that was an opportunity for a few gamers and Tim McVeigh to sort of come out of retirement and just 
you know, be part of this kind of community. And we went through and we just shot a little bit. And it's like, oh, great, we got some B-roll. And by that time, we had found uh, one of the news stations still had some of their old uh, news broadcast. And we found the actual news broadcasts of the Tim Day Day celebration in, a tunnel oh, wow. <laughs> in January of 1984. And we thought, hey, this is our movie. This is great. You know, a couple interviews, a few interviews, and uh, some B-roll and some, you know, some archival uh, news footage. And a movie, I think, can you mean you know, it's like a ten minute or ten minute movie. That's sort of what we were. Looking yeah, at. yeah. Right. I mean, for for yeah, it's like great. This will be a nice little short <laughs> ten to fifteen minute documentary. <laughs> and, and little I, and did I you know. Was, yeah, and I think it was from that event with Tim driving back with Walter Day where he started to think. You know, I wonder if I could go for it again. And uh, there was apparently that's when we started to hear about this Italian. This rumor of this higher Italian uh, score on the same right. day. Okay. So once you, you know, decided that, you know, this is time for us, like we're going to make this, you know, how long was the, the entire process from, you know, that beginning kernel to, hey, this movie's finished and we're ready to go with it? Well, you know, the movie, you know, we, we finished um, mixing, you know, there's a lot of pro- steps to making a film. So sure. there's the shooting, the shooting part, um, and then there's the editing part, and then the finishing, the actual finishing part, uh, which is like mixing the film, the coloring film. And all that, like the final film, really didn't get done until last summer, you know, about a year ago. Um, but, so I would say... It's a process. Yeah, I would say it was about seven years or something like that. Oh like, I think from, you know, when... Um, and thank God it wasn't our day job, you know. <laughs> but, you know, and part of that was because, you know, Tim and I get very, very, very busy on projects um, that we're doing and, you know, that pay us and that, you know, support us. So it just, you know, we would have to find time on weekends or in between these, these things to, mm-hmm. uh, to work on film. And, uh, and sometimes that was difficult. But, you know... Yeah, and we also didn't really decide to go for it until he decided that he wanted to try, you know, to really make a full documentary until Tim decided that he wanted to do it again. Okay. Um, and uh, and that took that was a little bit of time from when we started initially shooting because um, he just, uh, you know, I mean, you know, it took a little convincing on our part, you know, that we. We wanted to pursue this, and then there was also right. a very good video game documentary out there at that time that we thought, well, how can we compete against the King of Kong? You know, there's a lot of stuff. But we really liked him, and we thought he was a really decent guy, and that mm-hmm. um, there's, you know, he would be very relatable on film. And you know, we loved his wife and how supportive she was, and we liked, you know, the small town aspect of it. You know, because you know there are all these great stories and. And towns mm-hmm. probably all across America that we never get to hear. So it just it had all these intrinsic qualities that we just felt would make a good film. Yeah, and, you know, we were and we were also still fans of the game, and and personally, we were just curious if we could even still do it just ourselves. And I thought it was a fun story just to kind of see how what what would happen. At one point, we thought, well, you know, we don't want to enable sort of this video game addiction and, and put him in, subject him to conditions that might not be good for his heart. Because um, obviously, you know, the older you get, the, the less healthy it is, is, you know, be a video game for 40 plus hours. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, if, if you could go back in time 
you know, because obviously this was quite the labor of love for the two of you over, you know, a seven-year period, you know, what advice would you give yourself at the very beginning if there was a time machine and you could go back in time? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there are many times throughout the process that we really wish we could go back in time, but um, because we're, there, were a lot, there were a lot of lessons learned, you know, um, right. because we'd never made a film before. So, I mean, everything from, like, really basic technical things like get a good microphone, hire um, <laughs> a cameraman with lights, uh, that kind of stuff. It sounded like we challenge. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, uh, make sure your subjects always find releases before you, you know, interview them, because otherwise you're chasing them forever until they do. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I think part of the adventure and part of the fun for us with making this film is that we didn't know what was going to happen, right? We are doing right. this story, and at every turn we thought, well, is this it? Is this the story? Or, you know, like, if we go to Magfest, will that be it? You know, and so right. it was it was full of, like, unexpected great turns where, you know, we found the programmers or we found Enrico or, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was also, you know, little setbacks along the way where we thought, oh, God, can, you know, try to get it, you know, what, what, what are we going to do about this or how are we mm-hmm. going to get that kind of, this, this particular footage when we're not going to be there to see it or whatever. Right. So, um, I don't really know. I mean, I think Low, lower know. your expectations <laughs> <laughs> and expect the unexpected. Yeah, I guess I would tell myself, like, this is going to be harder than you think. Um, you know, if I could go back in time and talk to myself. And it's going to take a lot longer and a lot more of a commitment than maybe you were prepared to give. But in the end, it'll be worth it because um, it'll, be, it'll be a lot of fun. And how did, how did you decide to include the animation that's in the film? Oh, well, I mean, you know, obviously we weren't there in 1983 and 84. With sure. This, so... You know, we had some photographs and things like that. But, um, you know, as documentarians, we really wanted to dramatize those events because it's pretty intense. You know, like, how do we mm-hmm. show both the intensity of that situation and the humor of that situation and make it fun? And so animation just seemed like a natural choice. And I had done some animation, directly uh, some animation on the Sci-Fi Channel. And so I was kind of familiar with the process. And I just thought it would lend itself to that and... Uh, and then we got very lucky. Like we, we found Studio Joho um, down in Australia, and they were big fans of video games and were willing mm-hmm. to sort of work with our budget and, and all that. So I wish we could do that more. That's my only regret of film. Is I wish we could do that. more more animation. <laughs> I love it. And you know, you guys took to Kickstarter to help fund the final stages of the film. Were you surprised at the support the campaign received, especially considering that you know the idea of putting a quarter in a machine to play a game for forty plus hours might be completely foreign to you know a lot of today's younger gamers? Oh yeah. Well, you talk about you can talk about the Kickstarter if you want. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean the Kickstarter was was, was a great challenge. I mean. To raise the kind of money that we needed to for the animation and to clear some of that music, you needed huge chunks of money, mm-hmm. and we'd sort of been piecemealing out of our, you know, whatever money we could we could set aside sure. to do this. So we did need this sort of infusion of capital to, to really move it to the, to the next phase. So the big step was how much do we do we want to ask for? And I think right mm-hmm. around that time, Zach Braff 
had just raised, I think it was like $5 million for, for his movie. Right. And so Kickstarter was, was very much trending. And we thought, wow, we, you know, I, I had a few pie in the sky dreams. Of we could, we, you know, you don't want to ask for too little, but obviously if you ask for too much, you're right. a failed Kickstarter campaign and you have a lot to, you have a lot to risk. You're, you're that failed Kickstarter movie. Right. And so <laughs> I think we finally decided around, uh, fifty some thousand dollars. We had an exact, you know, just kind of seemingly random number, and we right. thought, you know, this is exactly what we need. So if we don't raise this, this movie's not going to happen. And um, the truth is that you know, doing a Kickstarter is a lot harder than anybody thinks. Um, right. Campaign, if it's a full time job while you're doing it, it's very stressful because you know, you're trying, you settle the goal, and so that's a certain dollar amount a day. You know, and as soon as you don't make right. the first day. And and we got very lucky, and I I was surprised um, at a couple of things. You know, we had a couple of really big donors, a couple of people that really stepped up uh, and helped us. And, um, and, you know, again, like if I had a time machine, you know, I might go back and tell myself a few things about, um, you know, about doing the Kickstarter, but... uh, I think it was good because it also builds, like, a social presence. You know, people start to learn about your project, start following your project, and, and take an interest in it and tell their friends about it and that kind of thing. So, you know, and as independent filmmakers, you know, you really need that. Uh, right. You need social awareness. Right, absolutely. And were you surprised, you know, now that the film is out, about the positive reaction that it's been getting? Uh, surprised? Yeah, I mean, I, we're really pleased that's gotten great reviews and, and that we're, you know, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> but we tried to make a film that was entertaining and mm-hmm. that had a certain pace and charm to it. And so I'd like to think that we succeeded in that. And, um, you know, you're never sure you right. <laughs> until it's out there. But um, I'm glad I'm glad it's getting a reception that it's getting. I'm glad Tim is getting all the pop. Tim McVeigh is getting all the pop. And and Tim Kinsey too, sure. And Tim Kinsey. <laughs> a lot of people have come up to me and said, "I think Tina is the real hero of this film." You know, um, the, the devotion and support that she shows to Tim, and right. you know, a lot of a lot of wives wouldn't put up with that. You know? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> and you know, since you guys have you know since played it, because I, I, like you said, you um, don't really remember seeing it like in an arcade. What were your best scores when you played it? Mm, pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I think Tim ended up beating me. Uh, I mean, I don't think we ever got over a million, that's for sure. And when no. we first started, it was, you know, in the tens of thousands. You know, we, <laughs> at one point, someone broke 100,000 points, and it was it was a big happy day. And then we saw Tim McVeigh play, and we're like, I'll oh, forget it. You know. <laughs> So there was no special day for whoever broke, like, 100,000 points. We should, we um, should have made it more, like, ceremonial. Congratulations. You've made a very small percentage point of the world record. <laughs> and, you know, I want temporarily. Like, I'm a child of, you know, the late 80s. Um, so I was around when, you know, Nintendo, like, the original Nintendo came out. And I once turned my 13-inch color TV black and white because I played Super Mario Brothers for way too long. What was your longest, you know, marathon either of you ever did? Um, Tim, do you, what, 
Well, we, it took us seven years to make a, a documentary <laughs> about a video game no one heard of. So that, that would be my longest marathon. <laughs> that could count. That definitely counts. <laughs> just count for something. I remember in the Atari days, um, there was a game that I used to play called uh, Chopper Command. And um, I got really good on Chopper Command and to the point where, you know, I had sort of mastered the game. I had sort of figured out the algorithms of how they would place certain enemies on the screen, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just sort of just sort of figured it out. And so um, I once played that game to see how far I could take it, and I think it went up to a score of like 999,999. And, um, and then it just froze. Like I, I, I went up taking it that <laughs> The kill screen.
Right, definitely. And, you know, what's your favorite all-time video game? Like, it doesn't have to be from today. It could be from back then. Like, all-time favorite. Oh, well, without a doubt, Robotron. Like, that's my, and, you know, I mean, that's commonly cited as people's favorite game, but it is mine. And it was the inspiration, actually, for building the, uh, the main cabinet. Uh, Robotron was designed by... You made a Robotron machine that could play Nibbler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it had to have the two joysticks. It had to... So, you know, um, yeah, and, it, and I love that game. It's just, it's, I don't know if you've played it, Nikki, but it, it's just such a, especially at a, a, on an arcade cabinet, you know, where you're, you know, it's two joystick games. You've got one hand on each one, and it, you're just like, you know, really just wrestling with the cabinet, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately, I've not played that. <laughs> And, and what about you, Tim? Yeah, Robotron's a little too crazy for me. Honestly, I like the simplicity of some of the maze games or Donkey Kong or Donkey Kong Jr., but there's something about, like, Pac-Man that really just taps into your basic fight-or-flight response. You know, right, you're being yeah. chased to pursue the whole time. It's actually playing like there's, like, a cop siren in the background. And <laughs> it's run for your life until you hit the power pellet, and then you have a very small, brief window to fight and reverse, you know, that entire process. And there's something very primal, like I was saying, and it, and it just, uh, I don't know, I like that. It gets, it gets me going. <laughs> and finally, I have to ask, are you playing Pokemon Go? <laughs> well, I'm not, but my son is. Um, and actually, there's a funny story there. He, uh, he got so obsessed with Pokemon Go that he took his... Um, iPhone to the beach, and maybe it's not a funny story, it's slightly tragic, but anyway, and he walked into the water with his phone, oh, God. and yeah, it ruined his phone, but um, I, I think it's great, I think it's really, I think augmented reality and virtual reality uh, are really the, the the next step for, for all these things, and I'm really excited about the technology, and uh, it's such a cool time that we live in, you know. Yeah, definitely. And what about you, Tim? Are you chasing Pokemon? I, I'm not. I, I was out last weekend, uh, you know, in the park with, with my family, and I saw just swaths of people just, <laughs> of like, what is going on? Why Are they texting each other? And I had, I guess I'd been living under a, a rock in a cave like, the last couple of weeks uh, with my day job. And so I finally explained to me what was going on. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's, that's crazy. That's really bringing, you know, gaming to a new level. Definitely. So it's interesting. We'll we'll see how much of a phenomenon this turns out to be. It's just a, a passing fad. Well, Probably maybe not. that'll be your next movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's um, it's really yeah, it is really fascinating, and I think it's the beginning of that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I did a, I did another. Um, I'm working on a show right now for HBO uh, called Westworld. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> We're very excited about that. Oh, cool. They're they're developing a VR, um, I guess, demo or game or something for that. And I was looking at that yesterday, and it's pretty pretty wild stuff. I mean, just how immersive it is. You know, just put that headset on, and you just get sucked right into another world. Yeah. I mean, it's really transporting. Well, I'm sure I have a million questions for you about that someday. So maybe we'll have to do part two of our interview. <laughs> okay. 
Well, again, thank you so much for speaking to the High Regard Show, guys. You know, we're really excited to have you on. This was, you know, this this movie just is just awesome. So, our pleasure. Thanks, Nikki. All right, you guys have a great day. Okay, you too. Thanks. All right, bye-bye. And we're back. That bean footage was really good. (laughs) (laughs) You just like beans. I don't really like beans, to be honest with you. (laughs) What's that dog's name? I forget. It's not Beans. Buster? Oh, I don't know. But no. Buster's a really good dog name. Like for like a golden retriever. Or he's like a yeah, he's a golden retriever, isn't he? Or no, he's a setter. I think he was a It is it is a good it is a good name for a dog and slow middle aged men. <laughs> <laughs> Who majored in cartography. Indeed. <laughs> so And went to the Milton School for Boys. <laughs> So you loved that interview. I really did, yeah. Like, I just, like, really enjoyed talking to them. Like, it's just, like, their passion for the project, like, really came through. And, the, I mean, to say that this is this film was a labor of love. I mean, seven years. Seven years following a nerd around. <laughs> like, <laughs> and trying to get a film made about it. Like, It's crazy. And what's weird is I was talking to people at work about this. And they were saying that... This isn't the first time a movie like this has been made. Like, there's been other movies where it's like people tried to break, like, high scores Mm -hmm. and they, like, traveled around and tried to get it done and stuff like that. People love that. Because I think it's not only nostalgia, but it's kind of like that Rocky mentality of, is this guy going to be able to do it? Like, he's going to be able to pull it off and get a billion points. And it's kind of like, at the end of the day, it's like, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I play like my weird little puzzle games on my phone and I'm like really excited because I have like over a million hits or over a million points on like my puzzle game and that's like a big thing I mean it's not a billion and I certainly can't beat my best score because apparently I suck but well I mean you know it's practice 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 like this guy I mean you know but like just like he did it on one quarter like that is crazy you are fascinated by the fact that he did it on one quarter but that's what you would do it's more, it's crazy to me to think that like wherever he was playing this game the first time around mm-hmm. in um i think it was iowa stayed open for him for for basically days uh, yeah, right? for this guy to continue playing the game because that was the other thing we discussed at work was the fact that these aren't like modern day video games. I mean, like they're of recent years as far as video games yeah. are concerned. But I mean, they're like at the, you know, at the pre-dawn of like the modern video game era. There's yeah, no like, pause <laughs> button where you could just pause it and then like go home, yeah, sleep, exactly. come back the next day. Exactly. But like it was like a big deal. And like they, you know, his city declared Tim McVeigh Day on January 28th, 1984. And like the g- officials from the game manufacturer, um, they came to give him like a free Nibbler arcade game for his accomplishment. I mean, like that's... Like, that's pretty cool. Like, I love that because we had friends, like, when I was growing up, friends of my parents um, owned, like, um, like a vending company. Mm. And they gave us, like, a refurbished Space Invaders game. Like, just because they were, like, it's kind of, like, it's dying. Because it was dying out by that point, like, right. in, like, the early 80s and stuff. So they were, like, here, you guys want this? Like, the people, like, didn't want it back. Like, it broke. And they were, like, eh, don't worry about it. So, like, we had that. We had this pinball machine that, like, I used 
oh my god that i played all the time like i loved this pinball machine because like there's nothing like not having to put money in something and you're just like i'm just gonna keep playing this i'm gonna keep playing this you know mm-hmm. so like it was like really cool to like go down there and like it eventually broke and like got stuck on like my best score which was like not a billion that's for damn sure i don't even think it was like a hundred thousand because i don't even think there were that many like figures for it to score but it made the most delicious noise well, yeah, pinball machines are a whole different animal. The but they've been around for forever and ever. I mean, pinball machines have been around way before video games were around. I love a pinball machine. I love it. It is very neat. But I think that, like, with something like this, is there's a lot of logistics that goes into playing a game for this long amount of time. And especially, like, when you think about, like, for, you know, any listeners that are like, what's an arcade game? It's basically, on. like, one joystick on, like, this big box that you stand in front of. You really don't think people know what a video game is? I don't know, Tom. You don't, like... I would say everyone knows Dude, what a video game come is. come on. We're talking about, like, a generation that didn't, like, that were like, who's that guy that played with Kanye West? Um, His name was Paul McCartney, asshole. Come on. That's, mm, people are dumb as far as that goes. Exactly. But, but you can't walk in, I feel like you could still walk into like a laundromat and see a video game though. <laughs> when was the last time you were ever in a laundromat? Let's I t- try not to go anywhere near a laundromat. I don't like bed bugs and I don't like people. <laughs> well. And I feel like laundromats are filled with both. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I do not like it and I will not partake. Oh my God. But here, you know, how do you eat? Like, if you're playing for, like, 40 hours, it's like a week's worth of work. I could not stand that long. You could not pee that long. No, no. So, yeah, like, you'll have to see, I guess, the movie and figure out. Like, it's so weird. Now, I knew somebody, this is going back, oh, my God, like, probably right after high school. They may or may not listen to the show. I'm not sure, because I'm friends with them on Facebook. And they went to the mall, and they were (laughs) trying to win a car. And the deal with the thing was you had to put your hand on the car or have a body part on the car at all times. And if you let go at any point, you're disqualified. I'd put my butt right on it and just lay there. <laughs> you could. But in the beginning, there's a lot of people. So yeah. you can't do it in the beginning. You have to like wait. And... What kind of car was it? Oh, my God. Please say I that it was forget. like. It was like a little like car. Like a Pinto or like a Gremlin. I think it was something like that. It was probably like a <laughs> Ford Focus or like, you know, something you know, something like that was like escort, cheap. An escort. Yeah, probably like an escort. <laughs> like, what's the cheapest possible car we can give away? We're going to have a bunch of like people come into the mall and just put their hands all over it and give it away. It. <laughs> just imagine all the germs on that thing. Oh my God, ew. So they went and they did. Um, they put it, they went and they like had their hand on this car. And I think they won it. And the way that they won it was when it got down to the final two people, this woman showed the other person she was competing against that she was wearing a diaper. And when the other person saw that she was wearing a diaper, he was like, forget it. He that's was like, disgusting. there's no way. But you but have that's to go prepared. Brilliant, yeah. Because, I mean, number one, it's psychological. And number two, even if it's not psychological, it's functional. So, I mean, so gross, it is, God. but what do you do if you're going to be there for days at a clip? I mean, <laughs> you're going to have to at some point go like, pee at least so what do you do what's like did you do you remember nibbler like this was before my arcade Mm -mm. hanging out days i don't i don't remember nibbler i i mean listening to the description of it um i kind of have a a vision in my head of it being something like centipede although i know it's not it's it's more akin to pac-man like it's like a maze game where 
The object is to navigate a snake through an enclosed maze while consuming dots along the way. And the length of the snake increases with each object consumed. That sounds like a horrible, horrible nightmare to me. Well, Even if it's just cartoons. Snakes. Even if, I mean, like, the poster that I'm looking at right now of, like, the actual game looks, like, super cute. But, like, that's still a cartoon snake and that's just too close to comfort for me. Yeah, I don't know, man. I didn't, I didn't like Pac-Man that much. Pa- See, I up. never liked, pa- I mean, like, we had, like, a little, like, one of those little miniature, like, arcade ones that like were all the rage and you know we all we had it on like whatever game console it was on but like you're so money you don't even know i it. don't like <laughs> i don't like things where i'm being chased that's the thing i Pac-Man hate I it like, like i get so nervous that's why like when i play games now like I, j- I, c- I could never play like a first person shooter you know mainly because i would get like nauseous like i can't stand oh, playing games God. like that i get so car sick and everything but like i like my puzzle games because it's just like I make up a square or like I play Tetris. Like I don't like, I get anxious. Like I never liked playing tag as a kid. Like I don't like being chased. Even if it's just like one of those weird little like splotches. What are they? Ghosts? I think. Yeah, they're ghosts. Well, all right. I don't want to be chased by a ghost or anything else. I have enough problem with ghosts. Ghosts in the show number one. We can hear about your situation with ghosts. <laughs> Is I mean, there a ghost behind me? <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> Wait, now we have to. Now we have to look down the hallway, even though it's broad daylight. It's not it's there. Clear. It's not there. It's not there yet. <laughs> but seriously, like, I mean, if I'm gonna play a game, I want to be in control of the game. Like, I don't mind racing games because mm-hmm. I'm like, going, okay, I can be out in front. And it's not like I'm being chased. Like, I'm driving the wind. Yeah, it's more as you're beating other people. Yeah. Or if I have a gun in the game and I'm, like, running around shooting things, it's like, all right, that's kind of cool because, you know. You know, it's reality. It's people like are running real, from me. You're like a real American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. America. <laughs> It's funny how many games of deer hunt that I played when I lived up in uh, Pennsylvania. I'm sure. And here, good luck finding a deer yeah, hunter machine anywhere. People my are like, favorite what? bar. My favorite bar had a deer hunter game, but they did it game. ironically because they were like in the Cite ish. Oh, really? What was what was this metropolis you speak of? <laughs> Scranton. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. Sure. Okay. Um. What was like the best like what was the best score that you ever like do you remember having like i'm sure you don't remember but like do you remember no. like playing something for like a long period of time in an arcade no the only and like okay i could say that the only thing that i ever kept score on and you're going to get aggravated when i talk about it <laughs> is like uh rock band oh my god beatles edition oh jesus christ because i'm not we can't. and the weezer edition as well like both of those man I killed it. Oh yeah, I you killed were, it. You were like, you were a singer. Like you were the songbird of your generation. I was, <laughs> I was the songbird of my generation. And you're just upset because nobody could beat me on that. Nobody could beat me on that. Like I would want to play. Like we would have these like family game days where we would play this, and it just became nasty. And I would just be like, you know what? I'm gonna go in the other room and read. And what would I do? I could walk around my microphone because I got a really long cable, and I would just like walk to the kitchen, like and be making macaroni and cheese, and still singing in the oh, microphone, God. and be like, I don't need to look at that screen, man. I'm gonna kick a hundred percent on this thing, no matter what. Everyone can imagine what a friggin' nightmare you were like as this. Do you know any lead singers of any bands that are not a nightmare? I'm just I'm just putting my whole self into it is basically what it really They comes had down. like a real band behind there. You I had a real band behind had, me too. You had the ego of like David Lee Roth. No, man. But like with rock band game instruments. 
No way, Jose. Listen, I had Kyle shredding on guitar. <laughs> And then I had like, you know <laughs> And then you had Tyler being a turd. <laughs> Tyler being a turd on drums. <laughs> Tyler Tyler tap along on uh on the fake drum kit. Just <laughs> click 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 and Kyle and I both Kyle will be playing on expert, I'd be playing on expert, Tyler will be playing on like maybe maybe intermediate usually i would beginner. be on beginner when i in the rare instances oh I my god I what was the point i'm not very good like when i grew up games like an arcade game like were very simple like one to four buttons like it wasn't like oh i gotta press this i gotta do this i gotta do this like it was all very simple and like so i never really developed a very good hand eye coordination i don't know how to use drumsticks on a video game <laughs> because you had to do like the colors at the same time and it was just it was too much and like you have to do it like as it's happening and it gets faster it was just no my favorite and it's not even like an arcade game really i mean i did love like playing like the driving games like what was it pole position no yeah but really? there was you like, like pole position it was like the kind of game like you'd sit in like it was almost like you got into oh the like car. the gta game not like but what was it it was like I don't know. I can keep guessing. It was like all a day. drive game, yeah, but it was like a driving game. But like, I don't know if you said it. But another. I one... feel like somebody could have drove from New York to California, and the time it's going to take for you to figure out the name of this game. But and I don't even know if this really truly qualifies as like an arcade arcade game. But like, it was in every arcade, and especially like on boardwalks and stuff. I was so good at skee ball. It's not an arcade game. Oh, maybe like in the 1950s. <laughs> like an old carny like man we- calling people over like, come on, play some skee ball. <laughs> skee ball, yeah. But like, <laughs> I used to get so many tickets from that. Like, because I was so good at skee ball. I loved it because it was just simple. Like, you just get the ball in the hole, man. Yeah. That's it's like it. A me- it's like a metaphor of life. <laughs> <laughs> that it? That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. See, I don't feel like there's any skill. I feel like that's like a, you know. Throwing a ball is not a skill? N- no. It's really, really then really how not. come people get big butted men get millions and millions of dollars for throwing a ball? I honestly don't understand why big butted men get millions <laughs> of dollars for throwing a ball. Because I feel like my ass is huge and I know how to throw a ball. Where's my million dollars? <laughs> we have a summer cold, so you can't really compete. That's true. I'm out of commission. I can't. Thank God you didn't, like, you know, you weren't going to the, the Olympics this year. Yeah. Thank God you opted out of the Olympics this year. <laughs> the Special Olympics? Yes, I did opt out of the Special Olympics this year. It was the, my cold my cold took control of my whole season. There was no way it was going to happen. Oh my God, you're such a douche. <laughs> I know. I think the only game that I can say that I've really ever finished outside of um, of Rock Band was probably, uh, what the heck was that game? Um Oh my god! Uh, I know, uh, right now I'm totally drawing uh, a blank too. Oh, uh, it was a drive. pirate game. It's called, I think, um, Cat the Pirate. I think on Xbox, like really, really, really in the beginning. I don't care stages of Xbox, and I made it so close to the end, and I just couldn't finish it. So, I mean, but I knew I was close to the end because everybody who I knew who did finish it was like, "Man, you're right there." And you just but, couldn't do it. No, and I just kept playing it over and over again, and I would just go back in the pirate ship and sail around, and, and that would be my thing. I'd be like, I don't even care if I finish it. I just want to be on the high seas, like, swashbuckling. <laughs> that was it. He used to play the Lion King game for, like, I think it was Super NES, and I never made it, like, past, like, maybe, like, the third level, because I kept always hitting, I think it was the B button that made him roar, and, like, somebody would be coming toward him, and I'd just be like, wow. 
and I wouldn't like run or jump or anything. I just liked hearing him roar because he was so just like, you know, he was so Special. primitive, like the colors, oh. like of like like just how he was drawn and stuff. Like it was like real pixelated, and he would just be like, Meow. oh my god. But that's you know that's about it. <laughs> no, you know, it's weird. I never really got into video games that much, like arcade games. Yeah. I don't know why. I think I was more into movies. Like when everybody would go to the mall and they would like say, hey, we're going to go to like the arcade. I would like break off and be like, I'm going to the movie theater. Yeah. We didn't really like we lived, you know, like in the middle of nowhere, as you know. um, know. Oh, I know. (laughs) And so like, you know, going to the mall or something like that, like. Like, there wasn't, like, a lot of, like, arcade going, but, like, you know, we did spend some time there, and, like, especially when we'd go, like, to the beach and stuff on vacation, and we'd go to, like, you know, the arcades down on the shore and stuff, but, you know, like, skee-ball was my jam, definitely. Oh, I heard. (laughs) I heard all about those tickets. (laughs) Those juicy tickets were trade them in for, like, a, like a... I actually got a really big Cartman once, like, a really big Cartman doll. And I feel like this is probably a more present day than olden days well think about it though like cartman or south park came out in like 97 that was like 20 years ago man all right so it was like toward the end of like because like our local arcade was closing and it was like bring in your your tickets and stuff like we'll honor all your your old tickets that you might have and i just happened to have a shit ton of tickets so i went and played a couple last games of skee ball and went down to blaze of glory Hung up my hung up my ski ball cap and retired. <laughs> I went out on a Cartman. <laughs> Did you? Did you go out on a Cartman? Cartman rode <laughs> off into the sunset. <coughs> in my nineteen eighty seven gold Volkswagen Golf, we rode off into the sunset. Your childhood sounds like a dream. It was a dream, <laughs> to be honest with you. It was very innocent and sweet. Yeah, I sometimes I hear stories and I'm like, going, oh, I could maybe take a couple of more beatings if I had to do it over oh again. God, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like you make me feel so bad. It's such bullshit. I'm oh, not gonna feel bad. Don't, don't, don't. I'm not. Anyway, one thing is when we had Atari, my mom was addicted to Donkey Kong. Really? Oh my God, she wouldn't let us play. Are you kidding me? Yeah, man. Like she would like, I remember she'd come home from work and she would like say, oh, you guys going to play like any games tonight? And then we, you know, my sister and I, because my sister was very young at the time when Atari came out, we'd be like, oh, I don't know, maybe. And as soon as she turned on, of course, we'd want to play and she'd be like, let me just play one game. (laughs) And it would never be one game. She would just keep going. And we'd be like, we're hungry, Ma. Mama, (laughs) mama, feed us. Mama, feed us. She'd be like, no, I got to get that Donkey Kong. Oh, my God. That's adorable. She loved the Donkey Kong. My my mom never, no. I can't imagine your mom playing a game. My mom just got... My mom just got a tablet, and my dad just got his first cell phone. Yeah. Like, last week, my dad got his cell phone. It's a technological awakening the world in that house, is, seriously. It is, and she is very nervous about it. Every Why? day I get like, are you getting this message? Did you get this? I think I'm having a technical problem. And it's like, no, mom, I just didn't write back. Now, let me just say <laughs> to the people listening that Nikki's mom is not sending her texts. She's sending her oh, outright emails. emails. E- emails. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like she's... It is like the regular mail version of texting <laughs> is what an email is, is the way your mom's using it, which is like ridiculous. Oh my God, she is ridiculous. But I'm very proud of her and my dad, even though, you know, she, he went to the store and she forgot to tell him to get something. So she called him and she heard the phone ringing in the other room. Three days after he got it. Three days after he got it. And he's like, I didn't even think about taking it. <laughs> 
What if I lost it? I don't want to lose it. <laughs> and he has been such a jerk for the last like 10 years about getting a cell phone. He, ever since I've known him, ever, he's always yeah. wanted a cell so phone. So for the better part of a decade that you've known him, he has been such a pain in the ass about it. Like, I want one. I need it. I shouldn't have to like travel without it. And, but, but, and then he doesn't even take the goddamn thing with him. Like the one time she would actually want to call him because she needed something. The, the strange thing is, is that I can say, I remember going to your ha- parents' house and every time we go there, Denny would always be like, Oh, what do you got on your phone there? Like, he's always trying to, like, <laughs> check out, like, like, what's going on with the phone? And then he looked at it, and he'll make a face, like, meh. And he's like, I want a phone. And then it'll be like, oh, get a phone. And he was like, oh, she won't let me get a phone. <laughs> and now he finally gets it, and he, like, like, I can imagine him, like, locking it in his gun case. Like, it's safe in here. Like, I don't have to worry about anybody meddling with it while I'm at the store. And then he comes home, and he takes it out and just holds on to it. Like, like what are you doing with it, man? I could see him just, like, hoarding it. Yeah. And where did he buy this phone at? <laughs> at some place called Sears. I didn't even know Sears was even still in business anymore. Like, seriously? He, he's such a cowboy. The Sears Robux company. Sears. Like, he's going to, like, roll up, get some dangarees and a phone while he's out. I remember, like, just texting my brother, and I'm like, it's the end of the world as we know it. Denny got a cell phone. And he's like, I know, right? He goes, this is crazy. And I'm like, and he got it at Sears. And then, like, we both just, like, like. Like, what the hell's going on oh over there? Oh, my God. I was like, of all the places in all the world that you could get a cell phone. Do like, you know what kind of phone Sears he got? Is the, I think it's like a flip phone. It has got to be a and flip my mom, phone. And my I mom was imagine. like, it's nice. And then your mom wants a phone? Tell she your mom she mom. got a tablet, so settle down. One <laughs> electronic equipment thing at a time. She keeps pressing the wrong button on a TV and getting the input she channel does, thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. Ugh. So... I don't know, man. I, I feel like we exhausted all of our game knowledge. We for did. The day. <laughs> we did. So let me tell you just a little bit more about Man vs. Snake, the long and twisted tale of oh, Nibla. Please do. Um, you could watch it now um, on iTunes, um, Amazon Instant Video. Um, it's available on Xbox Video, Steam, PlayStation Store, you know, et cetera, et cetera, wherever you people download your things from. Oh. Um, it's available on there. Um, you can also go to their website, manvssnake.com, and find out more information. It's also playing in select theaters um and you could even on on their website you could even like request to host a film event which is pretty cool like i think that's like will they come to the film event i don't know will tim mcveigh come to the film event (laughs) i don't i don't know wouldn't it be great if like whatever the game pieces look like and i don't know but the way you said it was like a pac-man type thing if everybody dressed up in the color of those things and just had tim mcveigh like chase you down between the aisles like he's trying to eat you, like nom 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 nom. <laughs> or like they wear like you know how like at the Chinese like parades and stuff in Chinatown they have like the dragon costumes. Yeah, get like that, that for like him. a nibbler. Yeah, that, <laughs> that would be, be an awesome cool. event. And then he'd get up on Maybe stage we... and people would be like, "What's a nibbler?" <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should host a nibbler event. Maybe we should host a nibbler event. I feel like it would be a very small one if we had it in this apartment. Like he would just like come running We'd down the hallway fall, yeah. and be like, "Okay, you We'd, lose." Yeah, well, we could like maybe like <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to do something. But um, there are you know going to be select um, Canadian screenings throughout August. Oh, Canadian, mm-hmm. eh? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Alamo Draft House um, in Winchester, Virginia, and Washington D.C. Um, on on September twenty third to twenty fifth. And you could go to like um, you know the manversusnake.com website and just see 
you know, some of the other scheduled events that are coming up. Um, actually, no, these are all over. But there's still... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I scrolled down. Good call. <laughs> but yes. Um, so, you could if you have a DeLorean. You could if you had a DeLorean. And some yeah. gigawatts. I mean, you could definitely <laughs> and go. And a banana. Didn't he use like a rotten banana? I don't know if banana was included. <laughs> I think it, I think they put it in like the garbage chute or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, so, you know, check out the website and see if, you know, you want to get... Uh, a film event hosted but again i just want to say thank you so much to andy seckler and tim kinsey for speaking to us it yes was so guys, great thank talking you. to you guys like it was just such a fun interview and i really really hope everybody sees this movie because it was really cool very cool and with that said shall we get into it did you know let's let's do it did you know our first in two weeks tom oh. <laughs> <laughs> did you know Good one, Nikki. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know the earliest known video game competition took place on October 19th, 1972 at Stanford University for the game Space War? I did not. I didn't think you did. (laughs) (laughs) Stanford students were invited to an intergalactic Space War Olympics whose grand prize was a year's subscriptions to Rolling Stone. (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> I feel like it. I feel like it's okay. I don't want it. <laughs> but then again, maybe back then it was still fairly decent. All right. Yeah, it, it was good for a minute, like for one, for a little while there. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Um. <laughs> the Space Invaders Championship, held by Atari in 1980, was the earliest large-scale video game competition, attracting more than 10,000 participants across the United States. What As- year was that? 1980. 1980. Establishing competitive gaming as a mainstream hobby. Mm. What well, would you look at that? Would you look at that? Today... Um, eSports is one of the biggest oh gaming conventions in the world. Yeah, it's huge. And the global eSports market generated U.S. $325 million revenue for 2015, and that is expected to reach $463 million mm-hmm. in 2016. Yep. The global esports audience in 2015 was 226 million n- nerds so people. That is so crazy. <laughs> that is so crazy. Look, man, here's the thing. I don't mind like playing a game here and there. Like I, I could I could be like going, oh, you know, every once in a while on Groupon I can see like an Xbox come up and it'll be like, oh, it's a really good deal. And I'm like, oh man, you know, I would consider getting behind getting an Xbox and maybe playing a game every here and there if it's not too expensive. But to watch somebody play a game, it's kinda <laughs> like the one thing that you wanted to avoid when you went to an arcade, like just standing there <laughs> just watching stand there your quarter, like, yeah. come on, man, you, you're almost done. And that's like the last thing you want to hear while you play. It's like, no, dude, I'm like in the middle of playing a game. And it's like, oh, oh, I want to play a game. I would get so bored, like, because I, the only thing, as I have previously mentioned, the only thing I was good at was skee-ball. And like, <laughs> so I'd just be sitting there playing by myself. And like, I had like one friend that would like compete with me and stuff, but like, not like everybody else would be playing like other games and it was just like this is boring i can only imagine the <laughs> only thing more boring <laughs> would 
be two people playing skee-ball? No, 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 no. Then watching like golf on TV oh. would be watching electronic golf on TV. Oh my god! Like people right? playing video game golf and like EA Sports, <laughs> like just like oh, this is great. Yeah, Thanks. like let's go to an arena and watch people play Wii U. <laughs> All right, and that is this week's. God, man, so boring. Did you know? <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Did you know? And that concludes this week's show. It does conclude this week's show, Tom. Hey, why don't you thank the guys one more time? <laughs> <laughs> Get on it. <laughs> what? So, yeah. So, thank you so much. And I think everybody... <laughs> I think everybody should shit. I hate you so much. You're such a bitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, if you guys want to learn more about the High Regard Show, check out our website at highregardshow.com. And, of course, you can always email us at highregardshow <laughs> at gmail.com. And you could always join the conversation on social media where we post some really funny content. Um if I do say so myself, <laughs> yeah. considering that I do most of it. Um, we mine the three funny lines out of this show every week <laughs> we <laughs> and throw it up for you, for you to read it and be like, that sounds like an interesting show, man. <laughs> and then we rope you in and then this is what you get. <laughs> Whatever. Um, you could find us on all social media as High Regard Show. All right, everybody. That does it for this week. It sure does. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Bye. Hope don't get caught. <laughs> As I walk through frozen sands, through the flames of burning lands. My feet are torn, they're torn to strands I will not thirst As I cross the raging sea Waves are crashing over me They drag me down, they drag me down